0: Count money, man. back money, riches.
1: riches. Try and told to tryin' 'em I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the grindcast. Up, grindcast? Simon
2: Arius Simon Arius here. Here. Get here. Get ready, it's Get ready. a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the grindcast. Get ready, it's a new day. We got Big Perm in the house. What's up, y'all? And we got Tommy Manning, Tom Manning in the house. Write the name down. Remember the Let's name. Go. He's already making big waves in college football. He's the offensive coordinator at Iowa State right now. It's not uncommon to see them in the top ten ranked internationally now. Watching them beat, I watched them beat two top five teams in the nation recently in the last few years since since Tommy's been there. Nobody wants to play Iowa State. And I don't remember them being this big of a, of a threat uh, until you guys you know kind of came on the scene over there in in uh, in Iowa so first of all Tommy's a a, a high school teammate uh, of mine. we won a state championship together Tommy was oh, a wow. captain in, in uh, center on the offensive line and uh, just a beast to to play with what school was it? It was Ursuline. we, went to, we okay. went to went to Ursuline together but welcome Tommy and and thanks for spending some time with us early this morning on the grindcast brother what's happening?
0: Nothing, man. No, we're. I'm. I'm excited to do so. I was. Uh, I was up, ready to rock and roll this morning. You know, fired up to get going, man. We got you, and we got Perm, so we're gonna be in great shape. Yes, sir, bro. man. Yes, sir. What? What?
1: What? So you guys went around playing for Ursula. How was it? Now you guys been apart. You guys wanted what?
2: 21 years ago. 21 years ago. 21. 20 years. Believe ago? that, Tommy. That's,
0: no,
1: that was like five months ago. Seems like right.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: So, man. so how was it playing with you guys? Like, how was it playing against? Like having playing with each other.
2: So I, I I'll tell you first, you know, playing with uh, with Tommy, I, it was cool because I didn't realize this until when we played little league football. You uh-huh. know, I grew up on the east side, yep. And and until I really found a home, they would I would play football in Camel, Ohio, where my grandmother lived. We would use okay. her address. I played for the Little Red Devils, and uh, we had it. We had a bomb squad. You know, we had a good team. And so in Little League, you know, you if you got one star player, uh-huh. you could kind of really start to dominate, you know, other teams with one, you know, star player. So I remember any time we played Tommy's school, he was like me. He lived on the north side of Youngstown, but he went and played at Liberty, okay. you know, which was which was next door. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and so I remember number six. Didn't you wear six? You better remember <laughs> as a, <laughs> a, I, be I still remember that six. number six. Because believe we were it. so <laughs> juiced up, man. They had us watching film yeah. like at young young kids, like overboard, you know yeah. aggressive f- football. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm watching six, and I know anytime we played Liberty, there was gonna be this big ass number, number six in the backfield. They had Tommy in the backfield. He was the kid that was, you know, we had weight weight classes yeah. you were supposed to be under a certain weight he would be the dude with like trash bags running around and like barely making the weight like <laughs> yeah. just too big yeah. and then he's yeah. in the backfield so he was he was a beast you know at running back you know playing uh w- when we were growing up and and uh both of us had you know good teams on the little league and then we came to high school together mm-hmm. and I, I ended up putting two and two together realizing this is the same person this but now he's six. now he's on the on the line and and uh, so Tommy was was uh, a grinder, very, very gritty. You know, he was somebody that was going to play every snap, you know, every quarter, even if his, you know, shoulder was falling out of whack or his, you know, leg was jacked up. Like it. no matter what, you knew you could count on yeah. him. Even if it was only for those three hours, if yep. he couldn't walk for the next week, he was going to make it for those three hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somehow. And uh, so Tommy, I would describe as like a, a hard-nosed, person also was a good balance of leading by example but also a vocal leader you know I think there's two different types of leaders sometimes on the team the people that lead by example and the people that are you know just like that motivation that vocal leader Tommy I feel like had a good balance of both of those things and then a unique ability to connect with people from all different walks of life which I think you know, came from him growing up on the north side. So on the north side, you know, where Tommy grew up, it's not all a predominantly white area. It's yeah. actually, the north side was more of a, a, a African-American yep. area, and, and so he was used to, you know, hanging with everybody. everybody. So he was cool with everybody, and Ursuline was like a melting pot for sports, you know, was we, we would have on out uh, 11 players, we would have, you know, six or seven guys that were that were African-American four you know, four people, three or four people that were, you know, white people. And then yeah, every once in a while, they threw me and Lewis in the mix and we would be the token Hispanic to represent, you know, people out there. But Tommy oh, yeah. would be able to connect with with everybody. And, uh, man, it was really a, a a pleasure to play with Tommy. He was one year uh, below me he was a junior when I was a senior. And I remember my junior year we were 5 and 5 and my senior year, you know, going into that senior year, Tommy's junior year, we started to speak about we're going to win a state title. It was never done before uh in our high school history, even though it was a long tradition powerhouse, you know, for football. And uh we went out and and, and did it. You know, we went 14 and 1, won a state title. And you know, I was I was one of the leaders on on defense and I you know Tommy was somebody I could I know I could count on to lead you know on the offensive yep. side when we needed to bite down on our mouthpiece you know a little bit and uh so it was cool to cool to play with Tommy and and uh Tommy I'm just super proud to 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 have you on the podcast wow, today um w- when it comes to to after high school here we go you went to Mount Union uh Mount, did, Mount yeah. Union if, if if you all don't know is is a powerhouse, traditional powerhouse in Division three college football. Did, did you guys win a national championship while you were there?
0: Yeah, I won two of them there as a player. Um, and uh, so we were really fortunate there, you know, and, and just like you alluded to, you know, uh, I ended up going to school there because I felt like uh, it was the closest thing that would resemble or at least make me feel like that the unity and the things that we had on our high school football team being able to continue that kind of through college. And, you know, I think I'm one of those guys that I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know what's good for me. And, you know, the environment that I think we helped cultivate, our coaching staff helped cultivate there uh, in high school, you know, I felt like, man, nothing could be carried on into into the college atmosphere. And, you know, knowing that I kind of yearned for that and and, and enjoyed that part of it that's, you know, that's where I decided to go. And I I knew I wanted to coach football. And I felt like, man, with my limited skill set, not very talented, this is probably the best place for me to go where I can be around really high end football coaches and learn what that looks like. Yeah. So,
2: so then from, from uh, Mount Union, what happened from there? Like, how did you go? What was the coaching journey like for you from there?
0: Well, you know, the, 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 our head football coach in my union, Larry Karras, who is the all-time winningest football coach in college football history, and has had a profound effect on my life. But his thing has always been in you know, he's won a million national championships. It's never been about that, but it's always been about do you have the ability to grind out good days? And and the elite teams and those kind of things do it. So really my my trajectory or my really my tour of what I've done in a career from there has just been grinding out days. Uh, you know, when I got done playing football, um, I became a high school football coach. I was teaching sixth grade social studies, mm. um, which was, it was strange. It was different for me. I was in a predominantly white area, which was really different for me, you know, and, you know, I, it, it was a great job. I loved it. Um, but I had, I felt like, man, man, I could do this job for 30 years and I don't know how many people I'll really affect. I don't know if I'll ever really challenge myself. Okay. So I decided I wanted to get in college football. So I took a graduate assistant job at uh, Emory and Henry college in Southwest Virginia. You probably have never heard of it. Never. I, I got a friend days. named
2: Emory and Henry. That's right.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's about right. And this was, it was culture shock for me. I mean, it was, it was the South, man. You know, uh, seersucker suits—the the whole deal. Like, right, it was—it was wild. Uh, and how long so were you like, there? I was there uh, one year as a graduate assistant, and then I was there one year as the the offensive line coach. Um, so
2: people don't understand sometimes, like when you talk about the grind. You know, if we could rewind a little bit, you yeah. you said the grind out the days. You know, maybe explain what what that means, and then also like being a GA is is a grinding out experience it's not highly compensated you know what i mean it's a lot of grunt work you know leading up to the the, the part you know people could look at you and, and think oh man how lucky he is he's getting paid a good amount of money mm-hmm. and get to go hang out in, in in florida you know sometimes during the off season yeah. and coaching at a big time program but did, did they really look at what you did in the beginning, the sacrifices that you made, like, because you didn't get to just skip the line and go straight there. Talk a little bit about that process.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think first going back to what we we're talking about in, in my union, I think the most interesting thing about their we ultra successful, but. You know, we've never talked about winning championships there. We never talked about, hey, we're going to go be the national championship or we're going to go do this. I think the biggest thing for us there was it was a one-day snapshot every single day, 365 days a year of what do we have to do today. And, and I think it's in vogue, like in sports, to have a slogan, right, win the day and all that stuff. And, and our coach really wasn't like that. And that really resonated with me that he was going to speak to us uh, like men and, and explain it to you like no listen every day that, that we're gonna that you're alive you're gonna be challenged in a mm-hmm. variety of different way and life is is really all about choices right and we don't have many things that we can control in our lives every single day but greatness is a choice yep. and we have those little moments every day where you can make the decision do I want to do X y or z and those things stack up. And I think his his mindset every day of, listen, man, there's going to be days in football or in life that it's going really good and you're going to have a good day. But most of the days, particularly when you're involved in a competitive environment or in sports or in business, most of the days there's more of a challenge and you're going to have bad things happen and you have to make that choice of am I going to be affected negatively or am I going to have the ability to just grind out good days and I think we all kind of you don't need to define it I think it's all kind of intrinsic like you know when you're when it's going bad and you answer to adversity positively and you can just kind of squeak but that is what we felt like was our competitive advantage because when those things happen in games and Man, th- your level of poise and composure rises when you spend your day consciously making efforts to change the narrative and change the negative things that may happen in a day. So that's kind of how I I really, really enjoyed that. What, what tips
2: What tips would you give or what tips did you learn from, from you know, Larry, I believe you, you were saying you got some yeah. of this stuff from, you know, when things are going negative in a day you know, when, when you do have those moments, because I, do, I think this is really what starts to separate amateurs and professionals is, you know, there's a level that people can play at when everything is good. Weather conditions are perfect, you know, I don't have a cold, I'm not injured, you know, everything's good and, and you're playing at that level. But really what starts to separate people is how can you play when the conditions aren't perfect for you mentally or things aren't going perfect in your personal life or what's going on? Can I still come out here and perform? at a professional level, what tips would you have for someone that's maybe has that come up in a day and they're trying to learn how to, when obstacles pop up in the day or the day isn't going perfect, how to mentally grind that out or win that day, so to speak?
0: Yeah, I think it goes into buckets. I think the first thing is, is or do you actually have the ability to control control the situation right because we can control what we can control right. and what we can't control that's great man right and there's some things that that's going to be how it is so when you can't control the situation it's going to be how your response is right and then secondly I think is and I think this is something that really gets missed which I, I think will kind of lead us in the next thing but you know it is don't skip steps along your process of your growth and development uh, in your profession or in, in in your personal life, it's like if you have a relationship and you don't spend the time pouring in the things that you need to pour in and learning, man. When there's a little bit of adversity, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna shatter, right? Well, yep. same thing goes in my profession. If if you don't do the work uh, from day one to wherever you get, man, and you start to become into you get into in the adverse situations, if you don't do the work. There's a thing, it's the seed of doubt. And I really believe in we have to do everything uh, in our mind, like in our team, we, we have to do everything to eliminate our seed of doubt, right? So if there's doubt in your mind about maybe the way that you have trained, prepared, and man, it's not perfect, you, you're going to intrinsically doubt yourself. Right, but the guys you look at, like guys like Tom Brady and all those guys, like their level of preparation preparation is Mm -hmm. so it's so strong (laughs) that they they are able to have poise and they are able to calm down because man, they've created the seed of doubt in somebody else, right? And you know, I I, I, to me, I think that's like that's like the biggest the the biggest deal ever here is that you know we want to make sure that we're doing everything in our power in terms of preparation. Right. So you can make great choices to kind of get back to what we we're talking about, because choices are are going to be ultimately the things that are going to, to, to get you out of bad days. Tell us about the grind, you know, coming from a
2: G.A., you know, for some of the listeners, they might not all understand what that stands for. You know, the G.A. and, and then talk about. All right. I was the G.A. at, at uh, Emory and Henry. Uh, and then how did that process go to getting to where you're at? And what are some things that people may miss when they look at it and they see you on TV or something like that and think, oh, man, he got it. He got it good. But missing the the where you slept as a G.A. or, you know, what film you had to break down or what technology you didn't have at that point. All those small things and decisions that you could look back on now and say, OK, I see how that piece fit into this piece of the puzzle and where most people miss it or quit in this process, you know maybe rewind the tape and help people understand how you went from that point to currently where you're at right now.
0: Sure, so so uh, a graduate assistant, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much the lowest level in, in, in terms of, on the coaching staff, those are the guys that, they're a graduate student, so universities or colleges are gonna pay for, you know, your, uh, your graduate school, and in most cases, you're really hardly able to actually go and get a meaningful degree. Um, and you're like, uh, you're, you're, you're always on call, right? You're doing all the jobs that literally nobody wants to do. That's why they got you there. And, uh, from making copies to washing people's cars to, (laughs) I mean, videotape, pretty much. You're the guy that when everybody else goes home, you know, that you're going to be there for a long, long time. Uh, whether it's, man, you really don't even need to have somewhere to live because you can probably just live at the football building. Right. And, uh, So for me, I started as a graduate assistant in Division III football. I made about $8,000 probably my first year. Um, After two years at Emory & Henry, I went to University of Toledo as a graduate assistant. Um, So I was there as a graduate assistant for a year. Then I was there as the director of football operations, which uh, really wasn't much better. I left after those two years, went back to Mount Union College as a position coach there. and then after that, uh, that next year, I got, was fortunate enough to become the offensive line coach at the University of Toledo. I oh. uh, did that for four years. Then I got the, the call to come to Iowa State. I was the offensive coordinator for, for two seasons. I left for one year, went to the Indianapolis Colts, coached there, and then I've been back here now for two seasons. So um, a lot of houses, a lot of moving.
1: Yeah, I um, bet, huh?
0: Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot that goes into it. But I think, you know, this is a profession that um, it's 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 a very interesting profession. I think, number one, there's a lot of people don't really know the reason that they get into it. right? Right. And I think you just kind of mentioned it. I think at the highest levels, you can make a really good living and you know i think that's uh, and you can be in your own world you know you can be important and famous in your own world in mm-hmm. the college football world and i think you know i think a lot of people particularly young people man i really want to be coach you know i want to yeah. go i want to coach i want to coach i want to impact people that's what you hear a lot uh, as young people coming in and you know i always ask them i said well great man i got a really good division 3 job that i can get you well i don't really want to do that Oh, okay. So you don't just want to to coach. You want to coach and make a lot of money. And and that's fine. That's okay. Right. So, but I think the things that happen on the high end of this, they give the people the illusion that you, man, you have to, you know, it's about this, that, and the other. And so for me, it was really never about getting to a certain place or a certain level. And our head coach here, and, and I believe in this greatly, you know, his, his thing is that, you know, greatness isn't just for the chosen few. And, you know, knowing where we came from and maybe some of the advantages or disadvantages that we had growing up, um, you, you know, I felt like, man, I, I, I can go do something. And if I'm willing to do the things that no one else is really willing to do. Got it. Come on. Yeah, that's the got key it.
2: right there. You got so it. you're yeah, talking about, right. you know, I'm talking to kids. They they, they want to coach. Uh, right.
0: And I got this D3 deal lined up Ready for you. No, you no, 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 it. no. I don't want I don't that. Want to, no, no, no. Same
2: in same in, same in in my world. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They'll well, see everybody
0: it. Everybody wants to run the company before they want to <laughs> do. Yeah. Right? Like, are you, like the, the studio we're in didn't just get built. Right. Like right. there's. There, there's a process to how everything happens, right. and you can't skip those steps. And, you know, a lot of the guys that maybe I played with or friends of mine that, you know, there's a part of it was, man, you know, well, he's with, because I, I played with our head football coach. He was a Miami guy as well. Well, you know, Tommy and Matt, they kind of always been together. Like, yeah, we have. But you weren't willing to do the things and give up things. Right. And not be with your family and not sleep at home and maybe some of the, the other comforts. Right. Because for whatever reason, maybe that wasn't in, intriguing you or maybe you weren't tough enough. Right, right. And, and you know, and, Amen. and that's what I think, you know, like I knew you were going to do something great because as a player, knowing you like... You, t- toughness to me and i learned this from frank reich at, for with the indianapolis colts his, his saying was toughness is a relentless pursuit to get better every day and an obsession to finish and you know guys that have that like toughness isn't going to a bar and punch somebody in the face it's called being <laughs> well you
1: idiot, can right? you know
0: it's not good though. No. yeah right but, <laughs> so but toughness is the guys that have a relentless pursuit to get better and an obsession to finish and you know, I think the people that you look at that are successful, when you have that real toughness, it gives you an opportunity to continue to climb the ladder and, and get to where you want to go eventually. Right. And certainly, I think in your case, it's 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 held true. And, and hopefully I can continue on to kind of move in that direction and well, and, and, and keep doing what I got to do.
1: Well, talking about playing, you were talking about players. How was it playing with this guy? And And what was it? What the transition was? Did you ever know back when you were playing with him that you wanted to be a coach?
0: I, I knew right away, you yeah. know, I, I, for for me, there was uh, my, my I didn't know what level because I believe coaching is coaching. Right. In whatever level you choose. To, that, that's awesome. Right. That's right. the the area you decide to go into. And, and we had a tremendous high school football coach and he had a huge effect on me. But playing with Simon was it was uh, it was really unique because like Simon, I knew who Simon was right. growing up, you know, and. Right. So you knew uh, him prior. We, yeah, I, you know he he was the, he was the idiot running around in little <laughs> league with his number shaved in his head. You know, he, at one point he had like a little Jerry curl. So like, <laughs> I, I got he was all swagged out. Always playing the game, and like I'm the opposite. Yeah. So that's why we're we, me and him, got a little yin and yang. Like he's the he's gonna you know he's gonna have it all on. He's gonna have thirty five wristbands on. You know, and I'm just gonna go play. That's just how we do it. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. But. So but so for me where 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 I appreciated Simon the most, you know, was Simon was a guy that had extreme confidence in his own abilities mm-hmm. that and was able to pull or place confidence into the people that were around him. Yeah. And that's empowerment and and, and, and it was particularly from the defensive side of the football and where where I enjoyed Simon, where he made me better and challenged me was, you know, Simon was going to run his mouth and practice. Right. He's going to he was going to. What are
1: some of the, the things fuck? he said that
0: got you fired up? Well, I don't know if you can swear on this podcast or not. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yes, you can. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Simon's the guy that he's the ultimate shit talker. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He is going to be he is. So we're practicing offense versus defense, and there's a lot of good players on both sides. And he's going to, you know, you can barely see him over there. He's so short. Short. He's going to be, he's barking and the whole deal. And, you know, I loved it because I'm a highly competitive person, Mm -hmm. but I think he's the kind of guy that he empowers people by reaching deep down and finding their competitive spirit and challenging them, right? Mm -hmm. And competition, yeah, breeds success. So we had a team of really talented people and then it's run by this guy on defense that he has different ways to motivate people. He's either ripping ass on some of the guys, some guys he's pulling up, and then some guys, like me, he knew that I was going to bring it every day. Right. Well, his way to motivate and kind of get everybody else going is, I'm going to run in my mouth at him. Yeah, You can't run the ball against us, da 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 da, da. And I'm going to – I mean, I'm the same exact way. Right. So you're going to show so, him. Two very different people from very different walks of life, but we're, pretty, we're pretty similar. We're going to – we're trying to kill each other every day. <laughs> and I think those two those things really help. And then, and then I think that probably the most profound effect um, that Simon had on our football team was he did allude to it. We did have a melting pot of people, mm-hmm. right? Kids from all different walks of life. And I think the thing that Simon did, which is really unique, is he was a guy that brought love to our football program. Okay, and it, it it was it was a different kind of like he he brought hey I love you and we have a desire to be different family right? type thing huh yeah like we're gonna be different than everybody else because it doesn't make sense why all these kids from different socioeconomic backgrounds from different races from different ethnicities why we should all be so close and be together. But Simon was a really the ringleader right and there's a lot of great leaders on that team but really the ringleader in saying like no man like that stuff it's not it's not real like what's real is that I care about you right and we're gonna go do something and and one of the things that we teach our kids here is there's there, there's really two kinds of people when it comes to competitive sports right, right. Or, or business or whatever right it's the guy that wants to you either want to be somebody uh-huh. Or you want to go do something. And we prefer people that want to go do something. Right. Right. Like we don't want to be anybody else. We want to be the best version of us. And we want to go do something. Right. And I think that's the one thing that Simon really brought on our football team was he was a guy that was really able to tap in and say, hey, listen, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you're about. Right, I'm gonna get to know every one of you guys, and we're all gonna get to know each other, and we're gonna go do something. Let's go! And I think it was a very, very driven mindset, and I don't even know if we knew what we were doing right right at that age. (laughs) Right, it was
1: just it it just felt right. We did, yeah, it felt right. It it just felt like to play ball and go beat
0: somebody's rear end. Right, you know, to to me, like that team. um, There's still so many things that I take, and I've been in. Football for a long time now that I take from from that aspect that I yep. really think has profoundly helped me. I was going to ask um, you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really. So has so so some of that right
1: So back in that era, that helped you along the way, like still now. Absolutely. Yeah. So so, Absolutely. so you still hear that fire from this guy and you and you have your players going out there and doing that.
0: Yeah, like Simon's a guy that if he decided to get into coaching, he'd have been he'd have been really really good yeah. at that too. Yeah, you know, he would have been really good at that too.
2: Maybe maybe I'll come uh, wash cars for you one day or something and, and be the GA and have some fun and and, uh, Here you go. and see
0: what we could see what uh, we could drum up. If you were the GA for me, I would grind your ass I would grind your ass to a halt. Come on, that'd be great. <laughs> That's that'd be
2: great. The the, uh, the you know coaching young people, you know, I I think. You know, is something that's unique. You know, you know, a, tre- uh, a men- mentor of mine has been Coach Trestle. And what, what I've pulled a lot out of Coach Trestle is here in business, I've tried to develop a young culture, not necessarily always young in age, but you got to at least be young in the way that you think. Very similar to coaching because if you're, you know, 35, 40 years old with kids and all that, you can't be so separated from the 18, 19-year-old that you can't relate to them. So Correct. you have to stay with some form of a, of a young thing. Just like Vivo was with us, you know, in high school and and stuff like that. So coaching young people, what tips would you have for someone that coaches young people? Maybe tips you would have for me or some of the listeners that that coach young people, whether it's in sports or in business. Any tips, leadership stuff that that you could give us?
0: Yeah, I think the first thing uh, to steal from Coach Trestle, who used to say it all the time, is that the, the kids don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. Right. That's Coach Trussel like one on one. And he, here's the thing I think that gets gets kind of funny with with leading young people is, you know, adults, uh, they don't give young people the credit they deserve. Young people are really, really smart. Yep. And their barometer to to tell what's real and not real, regardless of what their education may be or where they're from, like they know real and authentic mm-hmm. and they know people that are faking it. And so I think the first thing, if you're going to lead young people is, is you better be yourself and you better be authentic. And the guys that try to fake it, man, like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, they try to talk to kids in a different way. Um, that, that that's, it doesn't fly. The second thing is, is how do you establish trust, right? Trust is a really hard thing to establish with people, but you do it by example, by speaking to them, um, you know, with, with the truth and by trying to show them ways that, hey, listen, man, I am here for you and I'm consistent in your life. Um, So young people are very willing to trust if you give them those opportunities to trust in you. So like, I I would say this in leadership, obviously we know it's really about relationships. And with young people, that's even more important than, man, just out there in the regular workspace. But with young people, I really believe that the, I guess the saying, everything matters. So if you're, if you're trying to lead young people and you're talking one way and you're living different, like they pick up on it right away, right? If you do one, if you say one thing and then man, you change that narrative to something else, like young people pick up on it right away. They're really intelligent people. So for me, the, the, like, it's really about, I'm going to earn your trust by doing the right thing. Okay. And I'm going to earn your trust by being authentic to who I am and man from there leading them is really easy, right? It's leading yourself and young people are going to follow along that path. Right. But I think being authentic, like it's okay to be corny with them. I think sometimes people, when they lead with young people, they want to, man, I'm going to try to look cool and I'm going to, I'm going to act cool. Like I'm going to be myself. Right. And sometimes I am a little corny, right? You know that. Like, but that's just how it's going to go. And they're either going to love you for it or not. Right. So To me, it's just about and and understanding too that young people do not have a in the world. We live in a world of instant gratification, and there's social media and there's things, and they think that it just happens right away, whatever it may be. And trying to teach those people that there is a process, right? The same way it's going to take me time to earn your trust is the same way that everything else in this world is going to have to happen. There's going to be a process to everything that you do, and the sooner we can understand that, the better we're going to be. Mm-hmm.
2: Love it. Speaking of process, you know, part of the process is, you know, you you've won more games than you've lost, but when you take a loss, you know, and you got critics, you know, you got people pointing fingers, you got people talking shit, especially when you're coaching at that high level, you know, you can't keep a hundred thousand people happy or. You know, millions of fans that are, you know, uh, Iowa State fans happy. There, there has to be some critics, you know what I mean? And, and, and some mental thoughts or feelings, even from the players, if you take a loss or maybe back-to-back losses. Talk to us about maybe blocking out the critics or how you've handled the critics and how you've bounced back from losses.
0: Yeah, I think the first thing is, is uh, the media, the critics... The, the, you you have to establish in your own mind that they don't understand what you do from a day to day basis and what you have sacrificed and what you do every day. So they don't they don't know, right? Like so, you can't blame them, but but they don't know you, all right? They know what they see dang or dang. what they think they see on on the weekends, right? So our opinion of it and Coach Haycock, who was with Coach Trussell for a long time, I think, and you may have heard this comparison, but. The the critics, the media, all that stuff—it's poison. And if you it, the the good media, right, that they tell you you do a really good job—that's poison. The bad media, when they tell you, you do a really good job—that's poison. It's all the same. And the more you drink it, the quicker you're going to die. Both poison. And it's a both poison. We got double poison. Wow. Right. So, but it, t- t- so you don't listen to those guys. Right when they tell you that you did really bad, right? Like, okay, cool, man. Right, you don't know, so you shouldn't listen to when they do when they tell you that you do really good, right? Because they don't know, Mm -hmm. and it's not for like what is it? What are what are critics? Right? Like, what are what is the when the media writes something bad about you? It's not the intended audience isn't you. Mm -hmm. It's for the people to read, right? So if you're reading it, you're crazy right? Those people don't know what you do anyway. So, and and, and it's easy to say that. It's still hard though, right? There's a human element that is a challenge, but I think you always got to go back to like, am I doing everything in my power to help our kids be successful, right? Am I doing everything in my power to make sure that, man, I can lay down at night and look at, you know, look at the man in the mirror and say, man, you did everything you possibly could, right? under your the best of your effort to give our team a chance to win. Okay? Man, I studied as hard as I could. I, I we went through our game plans as hard we could. I treated the people the right way this week. If you can do that, the rest of it all falls in place. Right? Right? Like because they don't it doesn't matter. Like they, they can say whatever you, whatever else they want. And then, you know, again, I think like my dad used to say it and When I was a kid, I thought it was the cheesiest and corniest thing of all time. You know, um, every day before we go do anything, no, you know, you go to a game or whatever, and he would say, hey, listen, do your best and have fun. And I thought it was the cheesiest, corniest thing growing up, now that I'm a little bit older. Like, it really still comes down to, did you do your best like, did you, did you try to do everything you could in your power to do your best you can? And you try to have a little bit of fun doing it. Simple. Right? Yeah. I think that's what I'm really good at doing. I might not be good at everything, but I'm really good at trying really, really hard. And I'm really good at having some fun. We we so, both,
2: that go. that's something we both had in common is I think, you know, w- with our size. And I see, you know, the last time I saw you, you looked like you were... Skinnier. But you, you know, I, I remember you were you know, you were a lot bigger. You know what I mean? Like playing O-line. You know what I mean? You had to get up to 250, 260 sometimes. And I think I saw you, you know, at like 190, you know, or, or, or something like that. You know, the linemen try to get skinny. A lot, a lot of my friends I played college with that were like 300 pounds. They slimmed down. And a lot of the skilled players that were skinny, they got fat, you yeah. know. So it's it's confusing. But I, you know, I know me and you confusing. were both. We would both play bigger than our size. You know, we mm-hmm. would make ourselves bigger than we were. We would play bigger than we were. We would put extra effort in. And as a coach, watching players and being around other coaches, what stands out to you of what has separated the the greats? You know, maybe you see people that come in with equal amount of talent or the person that that you that you recruit that has you know high levels of talent and then you have somebody that's a walk-on or somebody that maybe was a you know barely got a scholarship to play and then four years or five years plays out and one of them has a you know a a better career or coaches that were really talented that didn't go as far what things stand out to you about the ones that make it and elevate their game versus the others
0: yeah the first one I think is focus that the people that, uh, man, that end up doing it and doing it at a really high level, they have the ability to separate and ignore the noise and have elite focus on what they're doing, right? So in order to be focused, obviously, you're going to have to have some goals and things that you, you already know. But focus is the first thing. Most people that are super talented, right? They, I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people that you see, man, maybe they don't reach their potential that are super talented, they don't have the ability to ignore the noise and they can't focus on what are the things that are really, really important for you to continue on. And it's just like anything else. If you're really focused, if if you're you're really talented and, and you say, Hey, I'm gonna go play in the National Football League, oh, are you? Are you really? Like because you're talented? Well yeah, well everybody's talented but do you have the focus to say, hey, listen, okay, I gotta understand, I gotta do this, this, and this, and it's gonna be really, really hard for a really, really long time, but I can set my mental parameters on these X, Y, and Z to make sure I get there. The second thing is I think they have the ability to, and the phrase we kind of use around here is they win in the dark, right? They're willing, like we talked about the sacrifice of, I mean, they're willing to do those things that no one else wants to do. When no one else is watching, the way that they carry themselves away from maybe their practice field or whatever they're doing at home, do all the things that I do, my, the way that I eat, sleep, take care of my body, all those things. How do those things line up Uh, even as a coach, okay, as a player, but those guys have elite focus. They're really willing to, to win in the dark. And I think the third thing is, is intelligence, right? And not saying IQ, like, man, I'm smarter than that guy. But I think the people that have separated themselves that I see, they have a real judgment on what their actual intelligence is, right? They're not sometimes really smart people think they're even smarter than they are, right? Sometimes people that aren't real smart, they don't really understand that they're not real smart. But I'm talking about intelligence where you have the ability to self-reflect and say, hey, listen, I'm really smart in this section, Mm -hmm. this, this, and this, but I need a lot of help in this area and this area. And people that are just intelligent enough to say, man, can you help me grow in this area? Right? I think that's a really, really big thing. Because when you have the ability, if you're intelligent, in my mind, you have the ability to autocorrect, right? You have the ability to listen. Hey, man, I know I'm not doing this right. I got to Okay, good. I can, I'm humble enough. So I'm it takes humility. Right.
2: Got to right. have That's that correct. humility because you could, you could be intelligent right. with an ego and not right. want to ask questions.
0: Absolutely, yeah. right? And, and a lot of those intelligent guys, man, sometimes they're they're so smart that they think they can't learn anything. Right? Right. So no. I think just having a realistic idea of who you really are. One of the best players in the NFL right now, one of the best players that I've been around, wasn't really the smartest guy ever, okay? But he, was re- he really understood, man, I do not, here's some things that I really am going to struggle with. Right. So I need to get help in these areas so I can continue my focus on the things that I got to work on, right? And I can on my craft and all those kind of things. But I think that's really big. And then I think the last thing probably is just, you know, there are, there are authentic people. Um, but they're willing to, to learn and grow, right? And guys like the the guy that I work for, Coach Campbell, he's had a lot of success at a really young age. And every day he's trying to find a way, how do Amen. I move the needle forward? Amen. How do I, man, what is it? How do I make sure that my priorities are right or my players are doing this? And how do I get better? What's out there that we can get better? Like no, you know, right, now in our, right now in our deal, we are in, an, in a phase of, professional development well we just had the best season in school history right we just won the fiesta bowl and we're spending four weeks on how the heck can we move the needle forward for our football mm-hmm. program? But how, as coaches, can we move the needle forward for us and our personal growth? Maybe it's from an X and O standpoint. Maybe it's just from whatever other standpoint in our personal lives. So I think we understand that that's really, really Personal important.
2: growth and, and continued development is is huge. I found it to be huge. I think people yeah. stop trying to improve sometimes when they start Level seeing sure. some victories. Talk to me about the the grind you know the, the just the hours like for me and you to do this podcast i got up at four so i could work out all that i was excited to to, to get on here and see your face and 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 we started at seven thirty in the morning that's the only time we could really find find the time to do this talk to me about what it's like to you know, what are the hours like that people don't see in order to to have the best year in school history? It's not a nine to five deal, you know, to have those relationships and you have children and you have a wife. How do you grind it out? How do you make that all work? What does it really require in the form of time and effort and energy to to coach at that level?
0: Yeah, you know, I think the well, the one reason I like college football is I think there's there's different calendars right there's a there's season there's out of season there's recruiting there's you know there's a different section so the year's never the same but for instance if you're looking at what it's like in the season I mean you're you're roughly gonna spend a hundred to 110 hours a week probably come on uh, that's the know. grind yes sir it, that's it, the it's, grind. A, it's an, I mean like you, you really don't you know like I mean I, I'll get here on Sunday mornings uh you know, I'll be here till 10, 11 o'clock and then you know you go Monday. Uh, Monday's a really big game planning day for us, right So i will be here as early as I can get here and then we'll stay till as late as I possibly can stay you know um, I stopped sleeping in the office that wasn't good for me. Uh, <laughs> but then Tuesday we kind of do the same. Wednesday uh, we cut back a little bit but I'll still be there till nine, ten o'clock at night you know I typically get there five, 5 fifteen. Um, you know, Thursday's a little bit earlier, you know, th- like, so, so my short day would be Thursday. I typically get there five 30 in the morning and man, I get to go home at six, six thirty 30 at night. That's like our, that's our short day, you know, um, 13 hour day. This yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a quick that's a short one. Day. Yeah. I got you. And then fr- yeah. Friday, you're going, staying at the hotel before the game. And then, you know, Saturday you're playing a game and then going home, usually watching the videotape and, and starting all right back over. So, um, it, it is a it is a grind during the season, but that's what we love to do, right. and, and 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 that's that's to us, we our ability to grind as a coaching staff, we still feel like is our competitive advantage because, you know, we we haven't hired a lot of guys that were like nobody on our staff was born on third base. Like everybody has a very similar story of they started here, and then they did this. We're a bunch, kind of a bunch of nobodies, mm-hmm. and so our competitive advantage is man we feel like we can work harder than anybody else or we can work smarter than anybody else and we've really had to be intelligent with that because we have burned ourselves out at times right right and uh but in the season that's just the way it is you know um we what's really hard about the grind part of that is yeah you you do you still have a wife at home and you still have kids at home and number one i couldn't do it without her right uh but you have to make the seconds count. so when you're when you're not here at work, you're coming home, you're exhausted, but you got to grind it out there too yeah right yeah and, you know and then when you and then the off is a little bit easier, you know I mean there's there's portions based on a couple of, you know, man recruitings this it gets crazy sometimes a lot of travel in the off season um where there's a block of four or five weeks and then there's another block where, Man, you're really, really traveling all over the country and not, you're never home and all that kind of stuff. But um, we try to do a really good job in the offseason of kind of calibrating ourselves a little bit. So it's, you know, we're, we're spending a little bit of time at home, but it, it, it is it, it's a grind. Um,
2: Shout out important. to your wife, man, and in the support, you know, I, I, it takes a special woman to support the grind. Definitely. You know, I got one, you know, I got lucky that way. You know, you got one. You know, I, I think the people that I've seen that that have had that level of success and also been able to to, to make it all work and, 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 and everything at home on and off the field have that that support system, that that person, that spouse that understands it and holds it down, you know, also. What have, what have you seen from, you know, your, your, your wife that stands out, you know, from, you know, cause I've seen other people not get the support and it kill their career. You know what I mean? Like just the, 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 the nagging, you know, at home, I, I had a friend of mine, I'm not going to say who, uh, but I had a friend of mine tell me, you know, one time, and this is a person that loves marriage, you know, lo- believes in the Lord love, loves people, all of that. But he said, you know, I, I just realized sometimes if they if they can't get the support, you know, I, I don't know which one it is. I don't, I, I don't know. Either, either you got the wrong wife or you got the wrong job. I don't know which one it is. Maybe you got the wrong job and you need to do something else, or maybe you got the right job and, and, and you made a bad choice. I, I don't know, but I know to have the success that you've that you've had over there consistently, it comes from that. You know, a lot of that being able to do what you can do is having that rock, having that person at home that. That is not beating you down, you know, constantly and understands the moving process and, you know, all of that stuff. You know, my friend just just got the coaching job for for uh, the Chargers. You know, you and I were talking about Brandon Mm -hmm. Staley. And, and, uh, you know, I've watched his career bounce from, you know, John Carroll to all over the place to Chicago to Denver to this place to that place. And, you know, I know he's moving around, you know, family and kids and and uh, stuff that people don't see. What things stand out to you about your wife's support that that's important?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing is is uh, w- w- what has really helped us is that this is the only thing that she knows, right? So, you know, sh- she started with me when we were couldn't do anything, we, you know, and it was she supported me through the whole way through it. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she bought her. I mean, we were going to get married, so we would go to get an engagement ring. I had to bring her to the place to go buy it. Like she had to pick it out and buy it because I couldn't, couldn't buy it, you know? And so this is the thing that she knows. So that, that has made that, that, that has made everything probably a little bit easier, right? Like she is came up in it with you. Yeah. She's, it's kind of what we do. I mean, we've lived in eight, 10 houses in however many years, you know? Um, but I think the, I, I think the, the, the first thing is that number one, I think she is, she can, she keeps me grounded. Right, like well, I always laugh. Like she's not impressed by me at all. Which, <laughs> like she, I, like I always say, like she actually hates me. Like, she thinks yeah, I'm yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like anytime, do that, right? anybody, anytime anybody tells you anything good, she's like, "Nah, yeah. i don't care. Whatever." He ain't that good? <laughs> but, yeah. but, she, but she's she's got a really great sense of humor in that sense. Right, like she 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 and she really enjoys the people and as much as you can get them involved in your work as well. Right, like she's going to be involved in our players' lives. Right, because. Man, it's really important. She's gonna. It's really important to make sure that we have our kids at our football facility, and we really, you know, help work on that in family environment. But I think the biggest thing is, is, is I'm I'm so fortunate because I was able to find and, and marry a woman that number one is independent. Her identity is nothing to do what I do for a living or. Or me, she's, a, she's an independent and strong and she's got things that she does and she wants to do, right? And go ahead and do them, man, right? right? And then I'm really fortunate that, I mean, she she, she takes care of these kids, you know, and, and really is a great mother to them. But the biggest thing I think is it's like everything else, right? Especially in this deal, like ego is still the enemy and it's still the thing that kills. And a lot of times in this profession, what happens is there's ego with coaches and there's ego that gets carried down into and through their families and it becomes a whole different thing and a lot of times that's a big problem at home but amen if i come home early my wife's like what are you doing here <laughs> like, I, I don't know I, mean, I got home early aren't you happy to see me she's like oh i thought something was wrong
1: you know what i
0: mean like that's just how it is man love you know, it that's just how it is love what's, it what's one of the as me the coach? what's
1: one of the wildest plays that you've seen man the wildest the play- wildest plays that you yeah
0: Oh boy, I've seen some crazy ones. It probably go back to Mike Capizziello calling plays at Ursland freshman team. Yeah, uh, but, <laughs> but I don't know. I've seen. I mean, I've seen some crazy ones. You know, I've seen. Uh, I seen at one point. I think at Toledo, we picked off a pass. Uh, we're running it for a touchdown. Fumbled it. They picked it up, and ran, Missouri ran it for a touchdown. I mean, that was a heartbreaker. That was yeah. a bad one. But uh, yeah, if you got any trick plays, perm, yeah. like you let me know. I got <laughs> you. <laughs> you draw it up on a napkin or something. I got and you. Get that thing over there. Perm you. call a play. Yeah. Hey, we'll, wrapping. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just call it perm? Yeah. The perm play. The perm, yeah, play.
2: perm play. Yeah, R- it. wrapping it up. You know, last t- two two quick questions. Who are the most uh three most influential people? uh that have had an impact on your life, you know, maybe in leadership or coaching and why, what did you learn from those people?
0: Yeah, I think uh, the three most influential people, like, and, and I'm gonna answer this kind of as as one, like, I think my mother and father, or I'm counting that as one, cause yeah. I'm allowed to, yep. right? Yep. Uh, but I think, you know, I think w- w- when you talk about what's still, what is the foundation of any anybody that is going to be successful is still your work ethic right and do you have the ability to transcend where you your your talent levels are because you're willing to work harder than everybody else and i think growing up in a house that that was really important watching my father do it watching my mother do it um and then doing it with by still treating people the right way huge profound influence on my life um secondly i think and really it's really the coaches that I had because I think outside of my parents, um, Jim Vivo, Larry Karras, and then the guy I work for now, Matt Campbell, those are all guys that they were the reason why I wanted to get into coaching because, you know, those guys really helped me, uh, as a young person really saved my life probably just because they gave me a purpose to do something. And on top of that, I think, you know, I owe them so much in my own profession from not only from a professional development standpoint and put me on a career path, but also from like, man, the learning of the tactical side of football, the learning of the techniques out of football, and then learning how to do it the correct way with, mm-hmm. with, with, with great character. Um, and I think those guys are, and then, and then lastly, I'm probably my wife, Sally, that, you know, I, I mean, w- just with, what we were just talking about, being able to uh A put up with me like in general and then Amen. B Amen. With the, the, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it's it's now. <laughs> and then yes. I mean and then, and then on top of that, you know, I think when you look at just man, what is required of this job and raising the kids, like it's it's a challenge, you know. And so I think those three people probably just just seeing the way that that, that they've handled themselves uh and, and really have helped me uh, that would be probably my answer.
2: Love it, love it. So um, last, you know, if, if people are looking to, uh, athletes are coming to look to, to play at, at Iowa State, um, you know, what you guys have just continued, like you said, won the Fiesta Bowl. I've watched you knock off some, some powerhouse teams. You're putting people out in the NFL. What 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 can they expect uh, coming to Iowa State, you know, if, if if they're looking to go somewhere and they want to come, play for you, what, what, what could they expect to come coming there? And then how would someone be able to, to, to follow, you know, I know you don't have a lot of time for that stuff, but you know, maybe social media or something, if somebody wanted to follow, you know, you or your, your program, how would some of our listeners be able to kind of, you know, follow your journey?
0: Yeah. I think if you, if you, if someone was interested in, in our program, what you get, I think we're a little bit different than everybody else. We're, we're not a football factory and we don't want to be a football factory you know, we are still about uh, developing a culture of high character young men that have a passion to play football and want to have a lot of fun and get a meaningful education. And it sounds cheesy and sounds corny, but you can win that way because we're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You think if you came to our place, you'd see like, man, these guys, they work now, like they grind and they're great human beings. But as far as to follow me, I think I'm uh, at Coach Tom Manning on Twitter and and, and Instagram. Uh, uh, But Twitter is the best way, at Coach Tom Manning. Uh, You can send me anything, you you know, video and all that kind of stuff right through there. That's probably the easiest way. And um, We're always looking for good players, so let's go.
2: Love it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us on the grind, man. Super proud of you, man. Keep up the good work, Tommy, and anything that I could do for you. Let me know, man. Thanks for your time today on The Grindcast. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Grindcast. Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. Count money,
1: man. Stack riches. Try and told told him I'm a beast, bud.